The Carolina Panthers select Shaq Thompson. The Carolina Panthers have selected Kristen McCaffrey. With the 24th pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, the Carolina Panthers select DJ Moore. With the 16th pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Carolina Panthers select Brian Burns. The Carolina Panthers select Derek Brown. Defensive tackle, Auburn. Welcome back, Beards Watch Podcast, episode 198, Charles number one podcast recorded in the basement now via Zoom. It is our annual post-NFL draft podcast breakdown. We've got Panther fans, a Browns fan, a Packers fan, and a Giants fan, so we're going to touch on all that, get our thoughts and our feelings, our frustrations, our positives, our negatives, all that kind of stuff out. But for right now, it is me, j Nation. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at JRO Nation, the Beers Watch Podcast on Facebook. They see me rolling on YouTube, and then you know you can find our podcast, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. And yeah, like, subscribe, comment, go buy a t-shirt, and we will stop start in the top left. The Browns fan, Kevin, how you doing, What's man? Up? I'm good. How about you? Doing pretty good. I was just saying yeah. before you you've. I saw you Thursday. You had one angle of your shot. You jumped in Friday. You had another angle of your shot on Zoom. You've just I'm been mixing it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I figured I'd go for the more uh, traditional angle tonight. Nice. But, uh, I'm doing good. I'm tired, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hanging in there. Okay, yeah. You're one of the essential workers. I'm an essential worker. That's, That's right. right. Okay. Where can people uh, find you if you want to be found? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Crazy for Cleveland. That's uh, C-R-Z-Y, the number four Cleveland. All right. And then the man with the new puppy, Caleb, also, I would say a, a mini star in our reaction video, had some great, great quotables that if you want to hear, go watch our YouTube video. Fantastic. How you doing? Yeah. Doing well, yeah. And I had a little too much to drink that night. I got a little too angry, I That's, think. No. I'm, I'm right there with you. Same, yeah. same boat. <laughs> yeah. Got a new puppy Saturday, so not sleeping much right now, but yeah. uh, hanging in there. Okay. Where can you be found if you want to be found? Uh, at Caleb Combs on Twitter and Instagram. All right. Then uh, Travis Gore. Travis, is this your first time on the podcast, or have you been on before? No, this is this is my first time on the podcast. Okay, first time. I know you've been in a, yeah. a brewer review when we were in Charleston for Trent's birthday. But then, yeah, you live – for the people out there, I met Travis in college. We were both in the same fraternity – and then you lived in Greensboro for a little bit and then moved up to, what, Virginia? Yeah, 2017, okay. moved up to Virginia. Okay, so I figured, hey, this is a good time to have people who are out of state join the pod as well since we normally have everybody come into the basement. And Travis is a big draft nut as I was when we were in college, so why not? Travis, he was also on the video. Everybody here was on the video, so Travis, how you doing? <clears throat> I'm doing good, man. Trying to... Hang in there. My work from home got extended through June first. So, Woo. well, yeah. just stand strong, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> where can where can you be found if you want to be found? Uh, I would say Twitter uh, at Travi the Savvy. Okay, that's it. That's the only one you're giving out. Yeah, that's the only one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> and then I think the only really I'm not sure, Kevin. If you were you happy on draft night or first round? I was indifferent. I okay, you're indifferent. Wasn't, okay. Wasn't upset. The only person that was truly happy, it seemed like on the first round, Levi. How you feeling? It's actually an absolute miracle that I was happy on draft night. <laughs> uh, usually, usually that does not happen. Usually, I am going through the five stages of grief in one minute. We missed that. I'm happy. Let's just we'll keep it that way. Okay. We'll that way. All right. Yeah, and I hate it as as we were saying before. My laptop crapped out two times while recording the video, and we have your audio reaction, but we didn't get your video reaction. But it, you know, I put a little the video froze stuff, but yeah, no, you, you seemed happy, and that's good. And then Duval, last but not least, how you doing? I'm hanging in there, man. You know, um, just taking it day by day. But as far as the, everything, everything is good. And if you're looking for me. Uh, Twitter, Rod Burks Duval, and Instagram, just Duval. 
All right, so since we've got a wide variety of fan bases, I guess let's start off with, you know, everyone's kind of feeling of how this virtual draft kind of went. I mean, it seems like the rave reviews. Who? I mean, Kevin was pissed because it sounded like they were going to take Cleveland next year away and give it back to Vegas. <laughs> but they just announced today that they're, they are going to Cleveland like a week later. So, Kevin, yeah. we'll start with you. How was your overall feeling of this draft well, I think uh, I think what happened there was Roger Goodell had a, had a few drinks that night, like like everybody else did. Yeah. But uh, he may have misspoke. Like, <laughs> yeah, like you said, I, I heard him. I was like, what are they just gonna skip Cleveland and go to back, go to Las Vegas next year? Or whatever? <laughs> I guess he meant the following year after Cleveland. Yeah. Gotcha. But uh, I thought, all things considered, it actually went pretty smooth. Yeah. The uh, the whole online process. I mean, how much do you really want to see them walk up, shake the hand? Walk over to the side, interview. I mean, all everything that they did could be done virtually. Yeah. I mean, I guess you miss like the big crowd reaction. That's that's about it. Yeah. And the uh, the the Zoom boxes with all the fans kind of dumb. <laughs> not, not the same as having the yeah. people move. Yeah. Ever. But uh, but uh, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. Anybody else thoughts on that? I mean, um, I thought. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, Travis. I thought, I thought it went pretty smooth. Um, kind of the, the fans on the screen behind it, that got old. Yeah. Because yeah. you look at them and wave at them. <laughs> um, but I, I thought it was pretty interesting just getting to see all the different, like, GM and coaching, like, at-home setups and, like, what they were working with and some of that stuff. Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting that, like, to me the funniest was, like, Joe Judge, Levi, looked like he was in a CSI or CIA containment center. You know, I had no idea where he was. Yeah, at. He and I, you know what? Put him in a farm upstairs. I know. So when I watched the first round, you see that in the second round, they were both at night. And then I realized on the last day when I was watching it, and the draft was during the day. Those those were big like light out screens because he right. had them up during the day because they're huge windows overlooking some park or wherever his place he was at. But it looked like it was some like bunker somewhere. Uh, John Harbaugh and, and I love that all the it looked like all of the the coaches were in, like, their wives' she-shed or office. Because you know none of them really have an office at their house because they have everything at their, you know, at the stadium. And, like, John Harbaugh with all the birdhouses up top, like ceramic birdhouses, like collectibles, inside of his house I thought was funny. Yeah, I'll say that I thought ESPN did a great job because yeah. that was not easy. No. All, all those webcams they had to use and everything they had to do to make that work and pull it off, it was pretty impressive on the production side. Yeah. I agree with Travis that the fans in the bracket terrible. <laughs> um, it was so bad. But yeah, I thought it was really good. I, I don't care about seeing the handshake and the Roger Goodell this month. I thought it was cool to see all the players at home with their family in the living room. But yeah. I thought it was kind of a cool and down-to-earth moment for yeah. those guys. Do all. And, and I'm going to piggyback off of Caleb on the, uh, just the people and like the, the players around their family and their loved ones. Um, it was good to kind of see their reaction. Now, on on the flip side, some girlfriends didn't really have the best night. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, that I'll tell you one thing. Go it, ahead. It, was, it was interesting for me to send those like videos to my mom the next morning, and she's just like, "Oh, that first one with uh, CD Lamb." My mom was like, "Oh, I'm giving a woman that look that you brought around," and I was just like, "Oh, I know." Then I sent it to her because I've seen you give somebody that look. So, you know. It was, it was interesting to see that that type of moment, but um, it was good. I, I enjoyed it overall. Um, one thing that I, I wonder is, based off of the, the situation, do you think there would have been more trades if it was actually an opportunity to actually do that? Or were people a little bit fearful of the fact that maybe they don't get it in enough time or there's an issue or something like that? So, and I mean, of course, I'm pretty sure they worked out the kinks with that, but... You know, I, I just really wonder was that a, was that even something that could have happened? So it it seemed like a lot of the teams were like locked in on who they were going to get. You know, it sounded like from the Panthers' perspective, if Derek Brown was there, they were taking Derek Brown. Like I even heard, I saw an article that came out that said like the Bucks were they finally made a trade up and got worse, but they said they called they didn't even try calling the Panthers because they don't even think the Panthers would have taken like a trade down if they offered next year's one. And like you said, to your point, Duvall, it seems like that's just kind of crazy. And, you know, we can get into other how hurting them think or whatever. But 
Yeah, it just seemed like a lot of teams. And, and then it came out today that the Chargers were going to take whoever the Dolphins didn't take. You know what I mean? So teams teams kind of had their guys, and if they fell to them, they were going to jump on them. And, yeah, like the trade back wasn't a big thing. And then you had like the Packers jumping up to get their guy, you know, and all that. So It was very chalk. Everybody thought it was going to be kind of crazy, but it just felt yes. kind of chalk. And, it, and I think going into it, there was a quote saying that, um, you know, all these mock drafts were going to be wrong, like some GM or scout said that, and then pretty much every mock draft was right on. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, besides the the corner from Ohio State that the Raiders took, who, like, everybody was like, huh, what? Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> and then, like you said, to me, like, the Browns, mostly everybody had them taking a tackle. They took a tackle. Same with, I think, I know Levi was nervous that they were going to take Derrick Brown, but I think a lot of people had the Giants. They took the quarterback last year. They took the running back the year before. And now it's to protect the guy, and they took a tackle. So... But I wish said, they would have taken Derek Brown. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the only one. <laughs> right, right. When he said, when he said, Levi was worried about them taking Derek Brown. I about said, I'm really glad they did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and but yeah, I think yeah. To Duvall's point, the the girlfriend reactions were fantastic. The the one mama lifting the girl out of the shot. The cell phones oh, getting snatched. I mean, you definitely know with all those other cameras that night or that next morning. In afternoon, everyone was giving their girlfriends or side chicks the talk. Like, look, you're not gonna grab a cell phone. You don't, you know, don't get in front of my mama's shine or whatever it is, because it seemed a little more subdued in rounds two and three than round one with some of that kind of shenanigans going on. And I, I saw a lot more modest wear rounds two and three. That round one, there were a lot of young ladies that were <laughs> not wearing any pants. Yeah, that, <laughs> that brought the A plus game on that stand. So. Uh, how about how about Ray Rabel's uh, setup in round one where you could see the kid on the toilet yes. in the background and everything? Yes, that I mean that was fantastic. I know I think Kevin, we talked about that that Friday. You don't think he yeah. I know they came out and denied that he was on the right. toilet, but I just what else are you gonna say? Like yes, he was yeah. on the toilet. You're gonna have to deny I think he was on the toilet. I don't know. <laughs> that, that one picture does make it look like he was. So. Yeah. Skeptical. Because the next day, everything was cleaned out. Like, they made sure right. no one else was in there for any speculation. And Vrabel, his family seemed like the type of guys that would poop and pee with the door wide open. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> I think I think he was just trying to impersonate the draft the Seahawks were about to have. That's all <laughs> Seahawks and Travis, I'm going to pitch it out to you. I feel like the Packers have taken the most heat. I think they have. Out of their draft. I mean, they didn't – did they not take a wide receiver at all, or did they take one later on? They no? Didn't. And yeah, they didn't take two more. Yeah, I don't know if you want me to get into it now. Or go like, ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Dive right in. All right. All right, so after I went through my five stages of grief um, this year, which was an unusual year, I felt like, um, I think at the end of the day, the Packers are moving towards a Matt LaFleur-style offense, which is probably going to mimic the Titans – which is why they went and got a big running back, why they got a bunch of linemen, why they took a blocking tight end primarily in round three. And I think, and I don't know if this is what they're doing, but based on how they drafted, I think that it might be more asking Aaron to do less and trying to win with the running game and a good defense that they have, which is unusual for the Packers. But that's the only way I can rationalize some of these moves. Um, And with that in mind, I think the draft is okay, where – I really struggle is the execution is what I thought they really sucked at and were the worst at. I don't think they needed to trade up in round one. Um, I don't think that they needed to reach for Dylan in round two. I think there were better tight ends on the board in round three. And the rest of it's kind of okay, but I, I just thought they missed some things that good uh, GMs and stuff like that typically hit. And, and we don't see teams being built that way anymore. In 2020, it's it's like the Chiefs just won it with Mahomes slinging the rock around. I mean, yes, the Titans got to the AFC Championship game. The Jaguars did before off of Fournette, off of Henry, all that kind of stuff. But it's tough. Now, I can see, like you said, as a fan, you always rationalize because you're struggling to keep cheering for it. But, you know, until they play, we won't really know. But it is interesting. And I I don't know if you saw the tweet today about it showed all the quarterbacks and how many, like, touchdown passes – they oh, well. they show they throw yeah they throw into first round picks 
And Rodgers just threw his first one this past year to Mercedes Lewis. And he was a – I mean, he's a, what, 35, 36-year-old tight end from the Jaguars. I mean, that to me is baffling. If you were going to trade up, maybe trade up and get one of those receivers. Or there were some guys down – I mean, you could have taken Mims maybe in the first. I I mean, we'll see. Go ahead. Yeah, like like you said, when they traded up, and I said it on draft night, I was like, I think they probably traded up to go get Patrick Queen because they need a linebacker. He's a good-ass linebacker, and I thought it'd be good value there. And then they surprised everybody and took love, which I don't think at the spot's a horrible pick. I think the team makes it weird to look at. If the Patriots traded up and took him at 26, I think everyone's – like saying that's a good move. Call it Belichick a genius. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's and it's weird too because it's like you have the people who are, oh well, Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers fell to them. They didn't trade up for Aaron Rodgers. He slid all the way to twenty four. Right. This was a trade up, so it seems different. And they don't need a quarterback. And of course, you can play the well. The bet the worst time to look for a quarterback is when you need one and all that kind of stuff. But like you said, with them being. You know, a couple plays. Well, that last game against the Niners was not a couple plays, but still, you felt like if they added some more offense, a backup quarterback's not going to do anything for you now. Right. You know, are you signaling the end of Aaron Rodgers, or are you signaling, you know, you just want a cheap quarterback on a rookie deal? I, I think I think you kind of got to be. I yeah. Mean, you can, they're going to say all the right stuff, um, and they there's they can't feasibly get rid of him until after the 2021 season, so at least two more years, and yeah. I hope they don't. We don't have to at that point, but you're. I think they're hedging their bets a little bit here and saying, "All right, you're 36. You've been kind of injury prone. Your play is getting still very good, but it's getting worse. It's not 2011 Aaron Rodgers." Um, so we'll see what they do with and they ca- they and they, and to counter it. I mean, if we look at the quarterbacks who've won Super Bowls, they've been on the rookie pay scale, or they've been Tom Brady. And Tom Brady has taken huge, and Tom Brady's taken huge oh, pay cuts. Yeah, or I mean, yeah, and Peyton Manning too. That's the only, that's the last one. But other than that, it's been Carson Wentz popping in. Now Patrick Mahomes. So and Wentz didn't win it, but Foles was there. But they had, they were able to pay Foles because Wentz was on it. But yeah, so see, going back to Russell Wilson with Seattle. So, but that'll be, we'll see how that plays out. Because yeah. if he is a starter in year four, then they're missing that entire window of that. Rookie quarterback yep. pay sale, yep. and then they have to pay him. Like, yeah, you're 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 essentially yeah, because you're essentially burning his first two years because you can't get rid of Aaron without still having so much dead money. So yeah. you're burning the first two years of that five year deal. But you know, you're hoping he develops and cleans up some of the the issues that made him fall in the twenty six. Yeah, and at least with the Chiefs, they knew they were getting rid of Alex Smith after one year and going straight to Mahomes, and it worked out for him. So yeah. Uh, all right, well, Levi, since you guys had the higher pick than us, how are you feeling after the Giants' full draft there? After just that pick there for the – Or you just – yeah, just give a quick overview. Uh, obviously, at four, you know, we've already made the jokes. Didn't want Derek Brown at all. Yeah. Um, I, I think uh, coming into this draft, especially at four, you know, I wanted to get – I wanted to get a guy to position that mattered, you know, or I wanted to get somebody that was super athletic. So to me, it was coming in. It was either going to be Simmons, who can play positions A through Z, or I wanted a tackle. Uh, and I was glad that they went with the tackle. But after that, my attitude throughout this whole draft is I just want value. Um, I'm not necessarily drafting for a position at that point. If there was a fantastic receiver to be had in the second round for us, not necessarily what I would call a position need, then I would have gone with that. Um, and like Travis mentioned with AJ Dillon in the second round, that was the type that was the type of stuff I didn't want to see. Whatever we did, I wanted to maximize value. Um, I thought they did that pretty well, round one through three. Uh, it started to fall off there after four. There were some questionable takes to me, but overall, if you consider that this was a Dave Gettleman draft and the first draft for Joe Judge. I, I couldn't be anything but happy with that result. Were you happy with the – was it well, – didn't they take the – was it Xavier McKinney in the second round? Oh, I, I – you know, okay, so my attitude coming into day two was we were not picking – after 36, we weren't picking again until 99. So my attitude was we need to move back, let's pick up some more picks so that we can get somewhere between 36 and 99 because that is a huge gap in player pool. Yeah. 
But once you're there at 36, you know, it's like I could trade back for more picks, but I could also get three worst players and the one guy right here at 36. Yeah. Let me just take the sure thing. And so did it suck waiting from 36 to 99? Hell yeah. But to have Xavier McKinney when the draft is over, you're going to call that a good good value pick. And that's what I want. And so has Gate, Dave Gettleman still never traded back in the in his drafts? Never. never. Although, okay. I have to say, this year was the first time he openly admitted that they were open to moving back. They just needed to find the right team. Baby steps, then. Very baby steps. Baby steps. steps. <laughs> we're coming along. <laughs> I, I wanted Xavier McKinney in the second round before you guys took him. I think he's going to be great. And he was the best safety on the board. But it, for me, it also went back to I love Simmons so much because I thought that he's such a chess piece in today's NFL of I don't need you to play a certain position. I need you to take the best player on the other team out. Yeah. And he could do that from multiple positions. And so to pass on him to take the tackle, it was a little bit of a compromise for me in that area. But then I felt like McKinney was a little bit of a cheaper man, Simmons, but he could play all the positions too. Yeah. So we really saw both of those holes in those ones. Yeah, and, and it's, it's funny because I saw a Cardinals quote today saying they're only going to play Simmons at linebacker. And I know it's only the end of April, almost May, and you can't really believe anything NFL coaches say, but I feel like why would you even do that? Because he needs to play safety, corner, nickel, anything, rush edge. So to just pit, pigeonhole him to one spot, I hope he doesn't get – just, you know, dug a hole out there in Arizona or whatever because they seem to be kind of up and down with their draft picks. But, you know, that and I think that could, you know, lead us into ours was we were so, as we said the week before, we wanted Simmons because he can do so much. We ended up with Brown. Caleb, how are you feeling? Has has the feeling subsided? What's your thoughts now? <laughs> I, I don't know how to feel. I mean, uh, <laughs> I was – once the Giants passed on Simmons, I thought he was ours. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was a foregone conclusion. But, you know, full uh, full disclosure here, I was upset when we took Luke Keekley. So what do I know? <laughs> you know? So, like, like, you know, we had Beeson and we had Thomas Davis at the time we took Keekley, and I was upset about it. And I was like an idiot for that. The way I looked at Derek Brown is I, I don't think he's going to win you many games. I know you went up front. I, I feel like – Isaiah Simmons has a chance to be a game changer. Yep. And it just never feels like the Panthers go with that. They always go with the safe pick. And I think Derrick Brown's going to have a good career. And, you know, he could be K.K. Short. But what does K.K. Short do without other people around him? I feel like Isaiah Simmons changes games and Derrick Brown doesn't. Yeah. Um, but, like, a, you know, I saw a stat the other day or after the, the draft pick that Marty Herney – Every single first-round pick he's ever had, or top 10 first-round pick that the Panthers have ever had in the last 20 years have been first-team All-Pro. And wow. Yeah. For the last 20 years, every top 10 pick they've had has turned into an All-Pro. So, you know, I mean, Herney knows what he's doing, at least in the first round. So I guess we can just sit back and trust him. And we'll see. The thing that sucks – go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Finish your, finish your statement. I think the thing that sucks is I'll always have a grudge against Derek Brown, which is unfair to him because of <laughs> us not taking Isaiah Simmons. And I'll always compare the career. It, it, I won't have a grudge against Derek Brown because he's a player. It's nothing against him. It's more of, you know, when Simmons I, I, Simmons sitting there, you know what I mean, for me. Because I don't want – for him as a human and stuff, like he seems like a pretty great guy. Came from a military person. family background. Seems like a great person. He was defending his – girlfriend being called baby mama on Twitter and stuff like that all over the weekend. So seems like a great guy. Mine is just I'm always going to be peering over at the Cardinal stat sheet and say, okay, what did Isaiah Simmons do? Did he make a game-saving tackle or a pick? And, again, Derrick Brown could make some of those big stops, you know? Yeah. And he could turn into something. I just think a, a position, a Swiss Army knife in today's NFL, especially going against Drew Brees, Tom Brady, I know that won't be much longer because those guys will be gone, and, and a Matt Ryan – you need those guys, but if they if he can blow up the middle, okay, you know we'll, we'll see what happens and we'll keep comparing them. But I, I feel like they went and got a poor man's Simmons with the Jeremy Chin pick. Yeah, and yep. I think yep. I, I was cool with that trade up. They gave up the fifth they got for Dudu Kyle Allen, 
and then they gave up their third to get to get Jeremy, Ch- you know, Jeremy Chin. And he, like I said, we, we were watching it that second round. Me, Kevin Duvall, and I think Justin. And as soon as they picked him, we were like, "Who?" And the first clip they showed of him bullet holing through the line and just yeah. killing the quarterback for a, a sack fumble. And you're like, and then you read an article. He actually was that was his first play back after he had like a high ankle sprain and he had been out for like three weeks and he still couldn't really play, but he toughed it out and played. And you're like. Okay, this guy's going to bring some heart, some soul. You know, maybe this is this was their plan in, in releasing Eric Reed because that's a similar player, hard hitter, and all that. And, and then they said he may play some linebacker, he may play some safety, some corner. So we'll yeah, I see. Think that's, I think that's kind of rules mo. Like he has these three and four star recruits at Baylor and gets the most out of them. I think he likes the guys that are kind of come in and practice hard and be yeah. a good person on and off the field and. And watch tape. I think those are his guys. Yeah. Like a like a chin. And yeah. I, I, last thing I'll say on the Brown thing. I think the thing that pissed me off the most was the quotes from Herney afterwards, and, and his reasoning for not taking Simmons was because he thought a better team could maximize him right away. And I'm like, <laughs> you're not going to take a good player because you want to give him to a better team. It just made no sense. And I was I was I was a little weird on. But, I was weird on that quote because it was only wasn't David Newton the only one who reported that? Well, yeah, that's true. So that so that's like discussion. he was the only guy that put it out there. So I didn't know if that was just David Newton trying to get clickbait. But if that is for real facts, true, then yeah, it's one of the dumbest things of all time. Uh, Duval, what are you thinking? Yeah, I, and and I know we we kind of spoke to it. I, I Derek Brown was the only player that I didn't particularly want. At that pick at seven, I wanted pretty much anybody. It could have been Simmons, it could have been an offensive tackle to sure up help, which you kind of got to put the, the offensive tackle to bed with everything that they've done in the offseason and, yeah. you know, trying to give them another shot at left tackle, right tackle. So, um, Brown, I, I, it's, to Caleb's point, I think he will be a, a, a solid player. He could be like Star, where he doesn't do – anything to lose your games, but he doesn't do anything spectacular. He's always going to be consistent. You know what you're going to get from him. Um, or he could be like, you know, Warren Sapp. Who knows? We'll absolutely have to wait and see. I don't necessarily see that because, I, I mean, I feel like as far as his ability, I feel like he's at the cap. So what you saw in college yeah. is what you're going to see. He's yeah. going to be able to stop the run. He's not really going to be much as far as, in, in, you know, rushing the passer, but he'll still hold his own. Which, I mean, we were the worst rushing defense in the league, so he's not going to hurt us. Yeah. Um, but I feel like Simmons could do so much at that position. And honestly, to some degree, if, if that quote about Ernie is actually true, we did Isaiah Simmons potentially a favor because it sounds like true. He, yeah. he, he, could, he can't trust the coaching staff to put him in a position to be successful. Well, why would you even want to put him here? So – but, I mean, he could play anything. And now you went out and tried to get so many different pieces in the draft, and I'm sure they're going to try and throw some more hope to free agency and whatnot as well. But, um, again, like, like Jacob said, I was happy about Chin. I did feel like I was a, a poor man's center. Yeah. Um, but who knows? I, I think that the bigger story is going to be, like you said, kind of looking at Derek Brown as well as Simmons' story. I'm, I'm going to kind of slide Chin in there as well just because they're – of the same nature and the same ability. Now, of course, Simmons played on a bigger stage and a lot different competition, so that's going to, you know, be a bit of a difference too. But I think Chen's definitely going to be a player. But I think if Simmons does what he's supposed to do and they do him the right way in Arizona, he'll be the next great. And I want to I want to pull back. We we completely skipped over the other one, the Gross Matos guy from Penn State. But I'm going to yes. wheel off the other things we kind of missed about this full draft. One. Especially because when he was taken, they immediately went into his brother dying when he was six, saving his brother, then him dying six weeks later, then another brother or something dying. I don't know all the facts. But it also felt like this year the T. Higgins mother overcame drug addiction. Like, And they came out in ESP and apologized for that. But it felt like we, you know, maybe it's because we've been cooped up for a long time inside of our houses. But the over-dramatization of some of these, you know, we get obstacles. We know they have to overcome stuff, but it just kind of felt like some of it was a little unnecessary and we didn't need to pour it on. And I felt like this was one of the most recent drafts that a lot of players were from a bloodline. You had John Runyon's son getting drafted. I mean, Jeremy Chin is Steve Atwater's nephew. I felt like every, 
10 or so picks, there was somebody whose dad or uncle or brother or cousin had played in the league. And then on top of that, their sister or something was playing NCAA volleyball or softball. There's Their mom played in the WNBA or, or, or was a women's hoops player there. So it felt like those at least are good to see, but I just felt like some of that was – you know, a little pulled out, like, come on, man, we don't need to know that his mom overcame drug addiction, you know, all that kind of stuff, but, but yeah, no, for the Panthers, like I said, it seems like they got their front line, which we knew that they've got, you know, Brian Burns on one side, the other second round pick, Gross Mathos on the other, Derek Brown, Kawan Short, and to me, I guess it's going to be Shaq Thompson, it's going to be Tawir Whitehead or whatever, and then maybe Jeremy Chin plays safety, they bring in the, I mean, I'm guessing they're not going to run a lot of three linebackers, which a lot of places aren't running anymore, and maybe that's why they didn't go Simmons. I think at the end of the day, after you know Saturday ended, I, I looked at it going in, if we got three starters, it was a, a successful draft. And I think you have three day one starters for sure. Well, but also, they're kind of like have to start because there ain't nobody else on the roster. I mean, <laughs> I, I think, no, no matter who they took was going to have to start. And I think what I meant by that is day one starters in three years from now. Do they have yeah. those guys? And I don't really know. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. And, so, and that's the – it's always the funny thing with the draft is like the Panthers, we knew they needed defense. And they took seven players at seven picks, first time since the 60s or whatever. And they'll tell you – the funny thing is you never should draft for need – but all seven of those picks were in the in the need category. But then they'll tell you, oh no, but it was our best player available. So it's that common thing of, wait, 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 you know, stop pulling the wool over my eyes. You still like you had nobody on defense, and we talked about that last podcast. So these obviously they could have been their best players, but they did draft for need, and you're not it supposed reminded, to. It reminded me of Dave Gettleman letting go of Josh Norman and then drafting three cornerbacks and trying to tell us he was drafting his best player. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So that's what it's one of those things where you kind of just want to like these NFL coaches and GMs think they're so much smarter than the normal average person watching. It's like, but you did kind of draft for need because in your rankings, you're going to have somebody who you need a little bit higher than somebody who you've got a stacked roster for. So you can say you had him ranked higher, but you had him ranked higher because you spend more time watching his film than a guy you don't need. Do you, do you want to know what happens when your team doesn't draft for need? You no. get a draft like the 2020 Green Bay Packers. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Very true. Um, but, yeah, that's – I mean, that's kind of where – we'll see how it is. I don't even know how many spots they got left. I mean, any free agents I see them adding Duval, I just don't think they're going to add players that, as Caleb said, are going to help them win games, like a difference maker. You know, like – Derek Brown's not going to screw up your Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields top pick potentially next year. You know what I mean? Are they going to, you know, again, the offense could go out and score 40 points, but that defense is going to be, is going to give up 50 points, we we, we think. I mean, so. Yeah. Unless they got something cooking over there and they got somebody, they're going to be able to get the most out of who they just drafted, which I don't see happening. I mean, I mean, just—I mean, you just think about—I mean, they're gonna—the defense is gonna be so young, it's gonna be hard to mesh it all together. And, and with the offseason they're about to have coming up to the preseason and stuff, and not really getting to get that good experience and and start picking up things, these guys—I think this class is gonna struggle more than some of the other classes on just picking up and becoming impact players. Yeah, really. and did—I don't know—did you guys see that proposed plan? That came out with the league starting mid like October fifteenth. No bye weeks. The Super Bowl would be played. Yeah, the Super Bowl would be played February twenty eighth with no bye week. Yeah, so no bye weeks during the regular season. Then no bye weeks between like for the first round teams for the first second overall seed. So still sixteen games. Yes. Yeah, sixteen games, seventeen week regular season. Jeez. Yeah. I'm sure the I'm sure the players union or association is going to hate that. Yeah. With no no preseason, no bye weeks, no bye weeks. I wasn't. They didn't say anything about the preseason, but my guess would be if it's not starting till October fifteenth, maybe they fit in a game or two. I don't know. I think they're trying to make sure they can get fans in the stands, and that may be the best of it. So they better expand the rosters because yeah, tons of injuries. Yeah, yeah. Players need those bye weeks. So Kevin, we didn't let you. As the Brown, local Brown fan here, how yeah. did you get your overall feeling of, of this draft? Uh, well, being a Browns fan, usually the draft is the only thing I can look forward to every year. Even, <laughs> if they do, even if they do fuck it up every year, for the most part, <laughs> except the last couple of years. 
But uh, no, I was I was surprised. Uh, we needed we needed a tackle. We haven't had been able to replace our left tackle since uh, Joe Thomas retired. Uh, of course, they drafted a right tackle, but <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, he'll be able to transition. Um, I'm surprised. A lot of the mock drafts that I was looking at had two or three linemen going before the Browns picked, and only one guy had been picked. Um, I wanted Tristan Works, but uh, little do I know. I mean, he he went after a lot more line than I was happy with. Uh, Jedrick Wills. Um, hopefully, he'll end up being able to transition to. Yeah. Uh, left tackle, but overall, I think the Browns addressed the majority of what they needed. I think they needed more linebacker help, or linebacker help. Uh, they got, like, I think they drafted one in the, what, fourth round I'm looking at, but, I don't know, for the most part, I was pretty happy with it. Um, I'm interested to see, they drafted a wide receiver late, I think their, their last pick, uh, I think it was in the sixth round, out of Michigan. Uh, oh, yeah, Jones. Peoples-Jones, man. Yeah. I think he could surprise some people. I mean, there's no pressure on him with the uh, depth that they have a wide receiver. Well, that's what it was – to me, I thought it was funny. I, we were saying it through the whole thing is they kept saying that the Browns needed a wide receiver, and I was like, you got Jarvis, you've got Odell. Right. You just need a guy that doesn't care because they're not – they shouldn't be getting the ball at all. I mean, he just needs to be like running as a decoy or something because yes. if you're not throwing the ball to Jarvis or, you know, Odell, then obviously like they did last year they didn't do it, win anything. But, I mean, Odell needs at least seven jump balls a game. So, yeah. you know, like I said, if a six-round pick who's just happy to be out there, that's all you need for a slot guy. Yeah, I was surprised. They took a tight end, I think, in the fourth round, and they already have uh... – they just signed Joker, right? They, they just signed Hooper to a big deal, and they they have uh, Njoku as well. So they already have two good tight ends. But I, I guess uh, looking at with the new coach Kevin Stefanski, he runs systems where he, he puts a lot of tight ends on the field. That's probably why they drafted another one. Kevin, are you a Baker guy? I'm a Baker guy. Yeah. I mean, he's the, the <laughs> probably the best quarterback I've seen play for the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you gotta, all you gotta say right there. I just, I sent the video to a, a guy I work with, our draft video, and he said his favorite part of the whole thing was just watching the Browns fan power drink through the whole oh, draft. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, just seeing the Browns fan suffer through the whole, the whole first round and struggle and power drink was his favorite thing. So you at least got that uh, there. It wasn't that bad this year. I mean, there's been plenty of years where usually they have uh, more than one first-round pick. Well, that was so, – uh, you remember we, I was going to leave that in the video, but again, trimming it down, was that commercial with Brady Quinn and Johnny Manziel, and, like, it just kind of rubbed salt in the wound on that first round there for you. Part of the problem is every draft you have to relive all the failures. <laughs> so, uh, you get to see the clip with the Brandon Whedon. You get to see the Johnny Manziel, Brady Quinn. All you see that jersey with all the names. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought when the Cavaliers won the championship, they were supposed to retire that jersey. <laughs> All right, does anybody have any other thoughts, final thoughts on the draft? How'd it go, feelings? Uh, the one thing I will say is, you know, well, it's already been said, you know, I'm shocked that it went as smooth as it did. I, I kind of expected some more technical difficulties. Um, but one thing that really stood out to me was not good for Roger Goodell's stock. Um, <laughs> I have never seen a human being more uncomfortable in their own skin. We talk about Mark Zuckerberg being a robot, and Roger Goodell would put him to shame. He tried to make jokes, and I had to close my eyes because I was – I didn't want to be in, in the virtual room with him. It was so cringy. <laughs> Yeah, it was well because he normally doesn't do the second and third round, and he did, and it was like progressively he just like I don't know if he was drinking or if he was like whatever whatever drugs he was on, but he like was standing up and happy, and then he slowly like was slouching. Then they put him in the chair, leaning against the chair. Then he was sitting on the chair, legs kicked up, and he was like blushing the face, and it was like, "Yo, what's going yeah, on, man?" He changed his outfit a couple yeah. times, yeah. And then he brings up this jar of M&M's, and I'm like, what? This is terrible. Has Roger Goodell done anything to help his stock in the last, like, ten years? No. Uh, <laughs> I feel like everything he has, every time he opens his mouth, something bad happens. The other thing I remember, I, the Vikings room, 
there was that random black guy sitting behind it was either the GM or the coach and he was in like a do-rag and a hoodie and he was just sitting there and no one could figure out who he was. Was he like the tech guy fixing the computers? Was he just like there to get somebody drinks, food? We don't know. And there was an intern. I don't know what he was. Yeah. What is this guy doing? Adam Gates looking like he wanted to kill his family. That too. Adam Gates looked like he wanted nowhere, wanted to be nowhere near his family. His kid... Allegedly solved the Rubik's cube between commercial or hits, yeah, yeah. but we couldn't figure out if it was just like you know he had one on the side or whatever it was. But definitely interesting to see the different coaches and who looked like they liked to be there and who just looked like yeah. Adam Gates looked like I don't even know why he's even coaching football. He looked like he was just <laughs> there. See that uh, Cliff Kingsbury uh, image? Oh my right god! Just oh my god! Yeah, it, it, it was funny to see like each after the. I think the Cliff Kingsbury really got everybody fired up, and then like Sean McVay had to tilt his camera so you could see that he was like overlooking the skyline of of Los Angeles. Like everyone had to up their game. Like, well, you, like, you didn't have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then Belichick was in some terrible beach house. Yeah. <laughs> that and, was. And, he had, like, and, and the dog was right there. Like, wow. Yeah. He had a, piece of tape on his laptop that said Patriots or whatever. That was, yeah, that was great, yeah. A multi-million dollar coach. <laughs> just, and, just in case someone forgot who it yeah, was. Yeah, right. and, they, and they were like, yo, look, yo, look, Belichick, we got to deal with Microsoft. We can't have the Apple show. And, okay, I got, like, they didn't send him a sticker. No one drove over to his place and brought him, like, a little sticker, a car decal. No, he just printed something out of his printer and used scotch tape to tape it up there. I mean, it's like he's a, he's a fourth grader. Who makes millions of dollars and won six Super Bowls? Mm-hmm. And did the draft in the kitchen with his dog. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, you know why not? Well, Caleb's gonna get. The, oh, yeah, get the dog in there. We can take a photo, Caleb, while we're doing it. He's a little shit. Here, wait. He'll hold it. Tell her to hold it there, Caleb. Tell her to hold it there. Bring it back. We'll do it so we can get the dog in there. Get the likes right. up. Oh, you're good. This is distracting. Oh. Hey, man, anytime you can get dogs and puppies in there, perfect, perfect. <laughs> What's the dog's name again, Caleb? Lincoln. Lincoln, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, did, I saw something, too, where it looked like all the animal shelters. Like, I saw, I don't know which one it was, but they had all empty cages. Cats, dogs, yeah. everything. So, yeah. that's a good sign. I think everybody here in this quarantine is looking for stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which it seems like so, Travis. You you're through the month of May. You're stuck in your house. It looks like North Carolina's slowly gonna open up. It looks like they're bringing racing back. Memorial Day weekend, no fans, just people who've got to work. What's everybody kind of feel like with this stuff going? With the pandemic going on. Travis, then Kevin. Okay. All right, so I've been getting pretty nutty, I think, the last couple weeks in particular. As the season starts to change, I'm trying to stay in, trying to do the right thing. So as you can kind of see behind me, I think in the next couple weeks, I'm just going to go to a section of the Appalachian Trail uh, with a buddy or two and just get out and go and be away from everybody and everything and just kind of 
be out and try and find some kind of harmony in this like weird, it, chaotic time. Travis, is that open? It is open as of now. Okay. Okay. At least in Virginia. Okay. All right. Um, well, yeah. So you plan on like camping and stuff, or just yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. That'll be good. I feel, I feel like it's a good dry run. I'm going up out to Utah. I think in August I'm going to do a week out there in Zion Valley. So. Okay. Hell yeah. Nice. All right, Kevin. Uh, well, since I'm, I'm in the grocery industry, so kind of been on the front lines dealing with all this crab. Even even as of like today, there's been a big run on meat because a lot of the you know Tyson I think announced that they're shutting down their plants. And yeah. A few other uh, meat processing places are shutting down. So today was pretty crazy, but in general, obviously it's been been crazy. You know, I've had to wear a mask I think since the end of March. We've been enforcing it. All the employees have to wear masks. Uh, we can't force people to wear masks in the store, but we do have signs that say you can't enter yeah. without wearing a mask. Uh, so I think I'd say probably like eighty-five percent of people that, that go in the store are wearing masks, which is good. But uh, so so my my life hasn't been affected as much as everybody else you know i'm still going into work every day or not every day but you know yeah uh, uh, it, per usual i mean obviously the uh volume of work and uh product and stuff has changed a lot i've been working a lot more but uh and it's been tough with my fiance working from home me going out uh, you know you don't want to bring something back for sure so i'm trying to take as many precautions as possible Obviously wearing a mask, washing my hands. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's been tough. I, I I'm hoping that things will get back to normal eventually, but who knows when. Yeah. Levi. I'm considered essential, so I get to do the forty hour a week thing. Okay. Um, you know, thankfully we've been fortunate, no no layoffs, everybody's still receiving all full pay and everything. Um I think you know I just realized that I took a lot of things for advantage, like being able to get a haircut or <laughs> go to the gym. You know, it's it's, it's, ba- it's really it's basic stuff I miss. You know? <laughs> um, I get up in the morning, I drive to work, and I come home, and, and that's just what I do to try to stay safe and uh, really just be considerate for other people, not just myself. And we're gonna get through this. Yeah, Caleb. Oh, I miss sports. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, you kind of mentioned it, um, J-Roll, that, you know, NASCAR's coming back. It's about to start gearing back up. Their uh, little schedule came out today, uh, starting May 17th, that they're going to be in Darlington, and then they're going to come to Charlotte. There's going to be eight races in one month. Yeah, it's going to be, what, like a, like a Sunday and then a Wednesday. Yeah. And what's uh, what's funny about that is that's kind of the iRacing schedule that Fox has been doing right now. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> So it's going to be, I think, you know, I, I still think a bunch of us are still going to be at home working yeah. at least until probably June. Yeah. Um, you know, they'll probably send camera guys and a producer and director out to the track, but I think you're going to see TVs really basic. Yeah. I think they won't send a lot of people out. Not a lot of, you won't get all the camera angles. I think it's going to be interesting to kind of watch the productions. But I, ratings should be through the roof because yeah. they the only thing going. Yeah, I mean, um, they said the iRace this past Sunday was the highest they've ever had. I mean, people yeah, are just clamoring for it. Two million people watching a video game. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, the, I have stayed pretty busy. In fact, it's kind of seemed busier because it's harder to work from home with what I do. Yeah. So so it's felt busier, and I think it's just going to keep being crazy and about to be even worse starting in two weeks. But yeah, staying busy. Uh, girlfriend's essential, so she's going in every day. So I've been kind of stir crazy home alone, and you know, <laughs> now I got a puppy to take care of while I'm here. Well, there so, you go. There you go. Yeah. yeah, we had a meeting talking about Race Up coming back, and it's going to be interesting to see that balance because that was kind of what our boss was talking about is with production, you want to you know take that production value to the next step. But it's hard to do that with few people and not yeah. and not hit the six feet, not hit the, the social distancing. Yeah. And, you know, you get in there and they're not going to want to do a scaled back production. They're going to want to do full bore, the green screen, everything. Absolutely. And want to use all the cameras. But at that point, you, it's like, wait a second. Now you've got everybody. You're not doing anything different. And then if, if somebody gets sick and they spread it throughout the building, then the whole place is shut down and everybody's kind of out of work for a second. 
So yeah. it will be interesting because obviously race up is going to have to come back with these races pumping out to, and like you said, in a month almost, you know, eight or whatever in a month. Um, it's real funny in TV what bosses want and not know how to get it. Yeah. You know, they're going to want all the bells and whistles, but not have everybody there to do it. Yep. And that's kind of like where I'm at. I'm on the side of operations of making sure we keep temper the expectations and let them know, look, we know you want to do this, but you can't. And then they're going to scream and yell and kick and scream and exactly. cuss us out. But it's going to be like, look, you know, do you want everybody to get sick? Do you want to catch a fine? What do you want to do here? And so that's, I think that's going to be real interesting. You know, I've gone in a couple of days and worked some of these I racing work on it. We're kind of the Charlotte facilities. Like if, if, if New York fell, if DC fell, we would be the backup and Fox news would be running through us. And so we've been working on tests for that and gone on, gone in once a week, just checking that stuff out. But you know, yeah, it's it's weird. Working from home's not bad. Like I said earlier, I mean, it, you can do meetings and kind of sit down here and fire up a video game during your lunch break, which is kind of cool. Or just if you're on some downtime, you just fire one up for some research purposes, you know, all that kind of thing. It's, it's nice. You know, those those minutes or the, the hour that you kind of fake work at work, you don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's, you know, that's kind of cool without telling on yourself or whatever, but yeah, like I said, it'll be interesting to go back and get into a routine. But I know, like Duval, like you said, you're you're more of a bank guy, so there's more structure in that. Yeah, and it and it's and it's the, and like I, I know I spoke to you about it over the weekend, man. It's it's been really busy for us, um, and it's it's only getting busier with with small businesses needing assistance, CARES Act, and all that type of stuff. It's just really really important so i mean it, it, it's certainly something that it, it's non-stop for me uh, i mean i've been working weekends late too so it's always been something for me um you know i've enjoyed it it's been great to help but um you know i'm, I'm looking forward to things getting back to, to, to where they were at, at some point um you know i guess i got a question for everyone based off of how you've kind of been kind of stuck in the house like you know how do you feel like it's going to change once things open up for you personally because i mean of course for the world i mean it'll be forever changing some people are going to go out and travel the world or whatever the case is but i mean for for everyone here how do you feel like you're going to make adjustments or how you're going to look at life once they they do open us up and, and allow us to be able to maneuver again who wants I wonder to? if they're gonna. I wonder if they're gonna get rid of uh, handshakes. <laughs> Absolutely, that'll that'll definitely be gone. I don't. I don't. That's the first thing I thought of was uh, handshakes and start bowing or whatever. <laughs> We're just giving them. Hey, so, so I don't know what's gonna change for me too much when we go back to it, but I'm curious to see at how we as a country or uh, as a globe like react to these specifically with different companies like these major companies and how they handle or manage their debt or all this other stuff that really you see come to a forefront when all these workers have been displaced or furloughed. Um, I, I don't know what they're going to do, but I assume there'll be more robust contingency plans and the way that they approach them will be different. And that might fundamentally change some of the things that we see from our point of view um, at a corporate level. Are you a sports fan and wondering why guys like LeBron James and Dwayne Wade are drinking wine rather than the bush light you might be drinking right now? What if I told you I'd be willing to give you $50 in free wine to find out? High quality wine is both enjoyable and easier on your body. So if you've been thinking about trying some good quality wine, but you're not really sure where to start, you're stuck in the house and looking for some entertainment, or you're already a wino and looking to try something new, I've got a great idea for you. Scout Circle allows you to have a variety of wines that are cleanly crafted and handpicked by a level 3 sommelier automatically shipped to your doorstep at your desired frequency. All the wine inside will be in, will be free of any chemicals or added sugar that you'll see in most wines in the store and they'll have the lowest possible amount of sulfites included. So you can forget about the beer bloat while you're drinking or the headache the next day that won't come with the highest quality of wine out there. And each box comes with fun facts to teach you about the wine that you're drinking and, you'll, and about the small vineyard that you're helping to support. Plus, if you're still hesitant, all the wine in your box will come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. 
If you're unsatisfied with a bottle for any reason, just let me know and I'll replace it for you with the same one or any other wine on my site at equal or lesser value. To sign up, just head to my Instagram at wineunderthebridge and click the link in my bio. If you have any questions when you get there, just send me a DM. I'll be happy to help. New members that sign up for this program before the end of May will receive $50 in free wine credits when they receive their third shipment to use on any additional bottles that you left. So head over to at wineunderthebridge on Instagram and eliminate the guesswork while trying something new and fun with your family or friends. A glass of wine a day will keep your beer good away. Cheers. I don't have that great of an answer. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to be saving a lot of money because I realize how much money you can save by buying groceries instead of eating out every day. (laughs) That's going to be one thing. And, you know, know, not drinking so much on the weekends at breweries and stuff. It's been crazy just seeing what, you know, I'm at 80% pay right now. Yeah. I'm still saving way more money than I was before all this happened. So. So it's been real nice, but uh, yeah, I think I think it. Not to get weird, but you know, you can live live off a lot less than you were. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's introduced to a lot of people. Of just you know, I think well, you know, when we if everyone that makes it through, you look back on it and be like, wow, we actually sat at home and worked from home and hung out with your families, and you know, like I said. My wife being a teacher, she's literally been out since March, and they just got through canceling schools the rest of the year. So she may not go back to August, but who knows if, you know, some colleges are talking about canceling fall classes and going still going all online. So will NC schools follow suit? Because I think those are your hot spots is schools with kids going back to so many different families, touching, recess, all that kind of stuff. So, again, how will that life change? You know, are people going to be – are we going to be mandated to wear masks around everywhere? I mean, I think that might be something you'll see for a while through the rest of the year, at least for a couple months. You know, it, it, it's it's going to be a real interesting in sporting events. Are they going to put people in or are they not? Uh, you know, it's a lot of that kind of what's going to happen, Duval. We can't go back to how we were. You know, I don't think you'll see the the – the handshakes, it may be more – I think you'll see more hand sanitizer around places. I think you'll see cleaning companies get a little boost in hired and, and making sure they're wiping down. Like I know our office, every week now, they, they have some company coming and spray disinfectant all over the place once a week now. And that's with barely anybody in it. You know, I think that stuff um, – it, maybe it will just be a, hopefully a cleaner environment. You know, I'm going to try not to share drinks with people. You know, and that's the things like when you're drinking. Oh, what beer are you having? Let me try that real quick. Let me do this and try not to do that kind of stuff to, to, to pass those germs on. Second guess everything. Yeah, right? So. I'm in the same place as you. Um, I just, th- this was a, is, and when it's over, I'll say it was a crappy experience for everybody involved. Uh, something that's definitely going to change us, um, but I but I hope that we take positive change out of this. You know, like you were saying, I hope we have a little more thought about what I've touched, and then you know, am I passing that on to somebody else? Um, I have washed my hands way more than I ever did, and I hope that's something I continue to do. And you mentioned about the masks. Um, you know, living overseas, that's just such a common thing for them. That's like wearing an umbrella when, or having an umbrella when it's raining outside. They just have a mask if they don't feel well. And mm. I don't think that it impedes you in any way. And I think it's something we should normalize in this country. I really do. Okay. I agree with that. Yeah. And like you said, it, I know we've talked about it before. It's like anytime we go to work and you've got that person who is sick, and you're like, why didn't you stay home? You've got the PTO. Like, why are you doing it? So, you know, and, and our company's great with having that stuff, but maybe you'll start seeing some stuff where people do, like you said, take it more seriously. Either put a mask on if you're feeling like a cold or whatever or something. We know you still have to get stuff done if, you, if you're sick, but just be a little more healthier with it because no one likes to sit next to the guy or gal who's hacking it up, snotty, sneezy, all that kind of stuff while you're trying to get work done. So maybe that'll change. And, and to add to that, you know, with, with, with people being sick, you know, a lot of people did not work, did not, you know, they would just come to work because they didn't have the option to work. You know, me working for a company, they actually had that option. You know, so I feel like a lot of companies due to this have had to explore that option and had to incorporate certain things, whether it's providing it, certain, maybe half the employees' laptops have half come in, whatever the case is, so that then, you know, once this thing, you know, gets back going, 
Maybe they provide all employees laptops. So then if you're severely sick or something like that, you're able to still have some type of functionality to be able to work from home or whatever. Yeah. Is, so. yeah. I think I think that you, I think especially through the rest of this year, you'll see mm-hmm. companies shift to everybody pretty much having that option all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, either use a sick day or if you're not feeling great, if you've got your laptop, work from home, let's keep it like that. And then, so, you, you know, you make everybody else feel comfortable in the office kind of thing. So, yeah. All right. So, I just texted Travis some pictures from the uh, Warehouse Distillery Escape 109 Wine of the Bridge Notebook. Travis, did you look at your text yet? Oh, he's on mute. Okay. I'm looking at it right Okay, now. so he's going to look. He's going to pick a question like we always do. Travis, you pick one since it's your first time on the podcast. I should have sent it to you earlier. My bad. You just pick one. You ask it, and everyone will answer it. Uh, while Without a check button? With, yeah, the one that has not been checked. And if it's got a name, read the name. If it doesn't, no, worry to, no worries about it. Um, yeah, without a check, check mark next to it. Right. While you're doing that, we'll do some housekeeping, survivor update. Let's see. Again, not a lot of points because the Extinction Island. But uh, uh, season finale is May 13th. We'll crown another champion on that. Also, uh, oh, congrats to Buck. He won the uh, Fantasy Mock Draft Challenge. I did talk about doing quarantine stuff. I did start putting up a little trophy. Duval, if you saw that on my Snapchat, it's got your name on it since you won. So we got a little uh, warehouse distillery bottle trophy. I just got to find – I need to find like a dollhouse couch to put on the top and spray paint it gold. That's just tough to find. Okay. Yeah, because I can't, like, what do, What else do I, like, I have the one with the Pick'em League that has the football on it. I've got the basketball yep. on the March Madness one, so I need to find, like, a like since all we're doing is sit on the couch watching something to put on the top of that trophy. Travis, you got one? I do. All it's right. A little, it's a little bit Packer-inspired. All right, go ahead. Uh, J-Lo or A-Rod? Ooh. <laughs> I mean, I feel like this... Uh, I feel like it's going to be pretty simple for everybody. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, J Lo. I, I don't. I already don't like A Rod anyway. Yeah. Now, if you just said J Lo money or A Rod money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's just a question. It's on the sheet, man. Yeah. I got Jordan Love. I got Aaron Rodgers. So I thought. So yeah, I, you guys, the Packers both have Aaron Rod, Aaron Rodgers, and Jordan Love. So they have an A Rod and a J Lo. Yeah. And Levi, what are you talking about? You know which one we're talking about. <laughs> you know what? Here's what I will say. My gut punch is um, my gut punch is take J Lo here, but uh, I'm actually going to take A Rod. Here's why. Okay. Uh, a Rod is, for all accounts, just a famous prick, an easy guy to hate. <laughs> um, I really like the kind of the renaissance that he's had, um, going through the steroids, and he's now on TV. At the, the talking table during baseball playoff games, his visibility has gone through the roof. I think it's been a great job rebounding his own personal stock. So for that reason, I'll take A Rod. All right. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, he's a punk. I'll never forgive him. <laughs> I don't like. I hate seeing him on TV. Anything he says, and I don't even really hate him that much. But now I don't like him. <laughs> Sorry, I need to cut you off. Go ahead. Oh, no, that's perfect. <laughs> I think everybody else. Travis, what's your answer? I would go J Lo. Okay. And you mean Jennifer Lopez, not Jordan Love, right? <laughs> All right. For the sake of the Packers' future, I'll take them both. All right. Do you, okay. Do you think Do you think that's going to work, or is it going to be similar to, to Brett Favre and Rodgers? Is it going to be worse? Because we know Rodgers is a dick. Yeah, I was gonna say he is an asshole. Yeah. I, work. Oh, this is... <laughs> I, I can't. I, I don't know. I you mean, don't know. You okay. Hope, you hope that you hope that he doesn't exile him like he exiled his family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. I can't believe that. The Bachelor, man, it brought up demons. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. So, all right. Final. We'll go around. End it since the draft grade draft podcast. We'll do your final grades of what you the the team you root for finish with Kevin we'll start with you uh B plus Caleb I can even go A minus but I'll go B plus okay Caleb I'll go I'll go B B wow I'll say it was fine okay uh Levi 
it a solid B with no regrets. Okay. Feels good. Duval. Uh, I'm a, I'm gonna say B. Um, I'm gonna say solid as well. I wanted to say B plus because I like the chin pick, but I'm gonna still say B just because Derek Brown just kind of just eats at me. So see, I, I, y'all are being too nice. I was going C, just an even C. I was going to throw a C-plus because at UNCG we did have pluses and minuses, which was weird to me in a college, but whatever. But I'll go with a solid C because I just – the Derrick Brown pick, you know. And, again, this whole draft is a crapshoot. We won't know for two, three years down the road. And we could go eat crow at our draft video when he got selected and we all get mad about it if he's – you know. But, again, if rules – I saw – I'll end on this quote too. Rule is either going to be Bill Belichick or he's going to be Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly with the Eagles. That's like, and I'll, I'll sprinkle in a Nick Saban there as well. That's how he's running it. He's getting his guys, as we've said, and that either works great or it's just it doesn't because you've got so many of your guys and you have nobody else telling you no. We'll find out. So only time will tell. Travis, I hope he's not Chip Kelly. Well, uh, I'm gonna go C minus. C minus. Okay. Like you said, it's hard to tell three years out. Yeah. And, it, and, and I even did that, and I hate draft grades. I think they're stupid, but why not? Because it's just, why not? Yeah, All right. Well, I, does it. Yeah, I appreciate y'all stopping by. I appreciate y'all being on the video. And uh, hopefully you don't get sick. So, uh, yeah, yeah, Kevin, yeah, Kevin, how do we send this podcast out? Oh, usually goes something like, uh, peace. Bye.